Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of LifePoint Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, check out lpcvan.com forward slash youth. My name is Courtney. Um, If I haven't met you yet, but you've been here, you've probably heard me. I have a very loud and rather annoying laugh. You can't really miss it. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm a huge nerd, so if you feel like you fall into that nerd category, come be friends with me. We have a nice, welcoming nerd community, so it's it's really great. Um, Welcome. It's good to be with you guys tonight. We are uh, in this series called Ethos. So we talked about how... You know, sometimes when you walk into a room and you just catch the smell, like have you ever um, like visited an old place in your childhood, like maybe gone back to your old elementary school, or maybe if you've moved somewhere and like went back to that old house, you know, and you just kind of like walk back into that room, you get that smell and you're like transported back like seven years and you're like, ah, what, right? Uh, there's these certain places, these memories, these scents that uh, bring back some memories and, 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 and places that you've been and we're talking about as citizens, like as you walk into this place, as you connect with the people sitting next to you, the people you're hitting elbows with, what is it like? What does it smell like? What do we act like? Who are we? What is us? I don't know if that's a grammatically correct statement. <laughs> um, and so we are going to dive into our third uh, core value today. But first, I have a question for you, serious question. Um, what is your thing? What is your thing? Like that thing that you're just doing all the time or that thing that you're like falling asleep thinking about how you could do that thing better. Or when you wake up, you're like, I gotta do the thing, right? What is, what's your thing? When people, if your best friend was asked to describe you with one word, they'd be like, mm, the thing. That is them, right? What is your thing? What's your thing? Maybe it's a sports thing. Any sports thing people in here? I'm clearly a sports thing person. (laughs) What are your sports things? Anybody? Basketball? Ultimate. Ultimate. Sam, did you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, We had to make sure that the uh, Frisbees we bring to camp are going to be proper ultimate discs. We had that conversation in the car yesterday. Very important. into like a art-like category, perhaps fine arts, music, theater, drama, any artists of sorts? Yes, music, dance, interpretive dancing. Um, uh, what other things exist? Maybe your thing exists with like a game or like a hobby, activity of sorts. Where are my readers? Yes, yes. I, uh, the camp, we visited the camp yesterday, by the way, I'm super excited. What a camp. Um, uh, the camp director looked at me really funny uh, because we, I was looking for a living room where of which if I wanted to bring a book and sit and read that I could. And he's like, they do that at camp? And I was like, there's a small community of them. They will come and read books with me, right? That's one of my things. Um, but back in the day, uh, high school, a little bit flashback, my thing was most definitely band. Where are you? Where are my band nerds? Yes. Orchestra, all right, all right. There's a small relationship with orchestra and band. There's a little animosity, but it's okay. Uh, there's also choir folk. Anybody? Nope, just, just an A. That's it. Ah, there we go. Right, so my thing in high school was band. Band. I loved 
the band. And the thing about, the thing that I loved about band was it wasn't just an activity that you do. It's really like a community of people. I mean, if you're in something like that, some kind of team thing, a sports thing, um, or something else, right? There's some, there's a community that gathers around this one activity. And so I was a flute and piccolo player. Yes, there is one. Yes. Ah, there is two. Okay. So a flute is the silver thing that goes like this, right? Yep, 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 right? So I was a flute player. Um, and the thing that I, I again, I, that I loved most about band was it truly was like the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Like each individual instrument, ha- like especially in the hands of a good musician, it's beautiful. Like get a proper oboe, a proper clarinet, like tenor saxophones and French horns, something about those like middle tones. If you're a cello player, also come find me. You will be my favorite person. I love those like middle tones, right? Uh, But when you put the whole band together, there's just something beautiful about it. Like you've, you've heard some good soundtracks, you know, like a John Williams, Hans Zimmer, uh, Howard, right? Howard Shore, thank you. Um, right, you're like, you know, when you're watching like something like Inception or something like Star Wars, anybody? Please, my nards, okay. Right, something like that. And just like the, and I, does any of you watch the new Star Trek? No, just me. There's this beautiful French horn there. But anyway, you're listening to this like theme, you know, as you're watching the movie, like you're getting like, your soul is in this music and you're like, oh, this is amazing, right? Well, when you are like the musician in the band, it's even better. Like I'm sitting there as a flute player and I can, I can close my eyes and I, can, I know where the French horns are and I know where the trombones are and I can see the clarinets across me and I'm making eye contact with the trumpet player, right? And we're like playing this music and I, I'm playing a melody, but you see these French horns soaring over you with this like counter melody and there's just like this beautiful magic happening that's like all together and there's just something beautiful when like a team comes together and the music is literally beautiful, right? And then like you just know though that there's days where someone in the group just isn't on their game, you know? And they're just being sloppy with their music. They hit that sour tone and we're like, ah, again, Dave, why? You know? (laughs) And there's just something about like, it, it shows you that each person in that band, each person in that group, it matters what they're doing. Like if they are in sync with the group, it's just this, you feel it. And when they're out of sync, oh, you feel it too, right? Every individual piece matters here. And there's something again, like about a group that comes together over a, a, a theme unity, a theme goal. And in band, it was a beautiful melody. And I don't know about you, but we are involved in one of those things, a group surrounded by uh, or following a key goal, and it looks a little weird. Like if you look around the room, if you look around at the church, there's a lot of random people here, right? Like this is a bit different than your sports team. It's a bit different than your band or your choir because we're not surrounded by a similar hobby we're surrounded by a common goal, but as you look around, there's like different personalities and there's different interests and there's different hobbies and there's different people and there's different nationalities and we're coming together around uh, a common purpose. And this is what uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians about this church that comes together and it's unified. So what is this? What is this thing that we're surrounded um, surrounded with? What is the goal that we're going to? And so we're gonna talk today about 
um, why are we uh, a group of people and what is it for? And what does it look like when it's done right? So um, hopping into Ephesians, Ephesians today, and, and uh, the book of Ephesians is all about, again, this group of some hodgepodge human beings coming together around this purpose. And we say, how did this happen? And we see in chapter one that God has taken strangers and aliens, right? And he's adopted them into one family. So suddenly it's these people from so many different backgrounds, people that don't look like each other, like we don't act like each other. My personality is so much weirder than yours, right? And we're together in this room. And uh, he says that he, he brought all these people together as adoption, as sons, as family, Right, And we've become this family by grace. And we've been unified together in this structure. We've been woven together in this family as, as a one body to declare the glory of God. We've been adopted by God's grace. We've been woven, built together as this family to declare the goodness of God. But it doesn't take long in this human life to realize that humans don't get along very well. Have you noticed? You just put two in a room, see what happens, right? All it takes is two dominant personalities to like start creating conflicts. I mean, you just have to like sneeze anywhere on social media. I don't know why you would sneeze on your social media, (laughs) but you just have to look briefly like through your Twitter feed and like, man, how do humans get along? How do we get along? Like, how are we unified? And if this church is this thing where God takes people from so many different places and say, I've made you one family, how do we be one? How do we in this room be one family, be one unified family of God that is glorifying his name? There's a, 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 a big purpose on the line, and that is we declare who God is by how we come together. So how? How are we one? And there's a really great metaphor that we're gonna use uh, tonight, and it's not far from you. In fact, it is you. You have a body. Look, look around, look, you got some arms, some fingers. You got some feet and toes and knees, right? And the different parts of your body is very strange right? Like your thumbnail is different from your small intestine. Like there's no similarity there, right? But it's all you and it's all together. And Paul is using this metaphor uh, as a a body. He's going to, we're going to go through this metaphor as a body. And just like the, the band comes together, right? And this beautiful melody, just as your body moves together as it should, like my fingers and my arms move at the same time, right? It's magical. Like this is the type of unity that we are to have as Christians. And so we are to be a body of people made of all kinds of different parts, but we're to be unified and working together. So, much like visiting a doctor's office, uh, what does a healthy body look like? What is the anatomy of us? What are we made of? What does a healthy body look like? How could we look around us in this room and say, man, we're, we're, we're a good healthy body. We are, we are working together. And what we're going to find from our text today is that the example that, or the evidence that we are being a healthy body is that in Christ, we are giving and we are growing. We're giving and we're growing. So first, what are, what are, what is our body made of? What are the parts of this body? Let's dive into it today. 
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So there's some people in this group, right? So he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. God made equippers and workers. And these are the major portions that made up this body. Um, I mentioned that I was a uh, flute player, right? And so I um, was really proud in high school of my beefy forearms because as a flute player, you have this like thing called fingers that you have to move all the time. And because you're a woodwind, I don't know if this is going over anyone's head. I don't know how many music people are in here. Um, but like they love to give you just scales. You're just like, like, and that's all you do all day long. Um, and so like your fingers are like moving all the time. And did you know that you don't actually have muscles in your fingers? Did you know that? No muscles in your fingers. How does my hand work, <laughs> right? Uh, you have these things called muscles in your forearm, which is why I had beefy forearms. That's like the magic trick that people do, you know, like if you like stretch your fingers, like you should all do it with me, stretch your fingers, right? And then if you like squish your hand here, oh, your fingers are gonna move. What? It's like a magic trick. You're forcing me to move. It's gross, I know, <laughs> right? So you have muscles in your forearm that are working together. Uh, but somehow your fingers have to move. So these things called tendons, say tendons. This is a good anatomy lesson, yes? Tendons, however you want to pronounce that. And your tendons connect your finger bones to your forearm muscles and suddenly you have movement. Isn't it lovely? So your muscles are moving, your tendons are working, and neither of them work alone. Like if you have the tendons without the muscles, your hand would just not work. But if you had the muscle without the tendons, like little puppet strings, it just would not work. I realized I had a visual for you. See, look, there are no muscles in your bone, or there's no like muscles in your fingers, it's all bone. So it, it holds together like that. And much like the uh, church, there are different parts of us that are doing different things. Some of us might be tendons, some of us might be muscles, and one of the things that we see are these equippers. So he says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. These are our equippers. And what do these guys do? There's maybe different uh, nuances between these roles, but the big thing is that these guys are gospel and word declarers, teachers, and trainers. So these are the people in the body, like our lead pastor, like our elders, like Pastor Sam, like myself. Like it is our job to be word teachers and declarers, declarers, and not just teaching you the word, but training you how to live the word. How does this word, how does God's word work out in our life? How do we um, follow the Bible? And so that's what these equippers are. These are like the tendons, right? They hold us together in the unity of the word. That's what these equippers are for. And God made them in the body, right? These are um, people who are a gift to us. Our teachers and our trainers in the Bible are a gift to us. Like we said, like, it doesn't take long for you and I to figure out that we mess things up royally, right? We 
put any like human in a room together and there's gonna be issues and there's gonna be struggles. And so we're talking about how does a room full of so many different people come together? Like what is the unified message that we are like living? Like how does like me, who's like a super introvert, like connect with a super extrovert, which we would probably never be friends in real life, but like we're here together and we're like family? Like how is that happening? And it's because we're surrounded by, the we are surrounding ourselves by a common mission and that's the gospel. And our equippers and trainers remind us of the gospel. They teach us how to apply it to our lives. And they teach us the word. There's this couple of uh, core values we've been talking about, right? Last week we talked about how we embrace godly authority. And also how we are people who are prioritizing biblical truth. And, I, and our equippers are this really uh, cool combination of the two where it's like, our, our leaders are people, our godly authorities in our life are people who prioritize the Bible in their lives. And if you're like a senior or a high school in here, um, you know very acutely, which is very strongly, that youth group doesn't last forever. A few more years, maybe you won't be in this room anymore. Maybe the people who are currently your leaders aren't your leaders and as you move into that phase of your life, this is an important thing to remember, that you are looking to follow equippers and trainers who are people who prioritize biblical truth, right? The godly authority we embrace are people who are living and breathing the word that make it a part of our lives, that train us, that teach us. If you're going to a church that is not prioritizing biblical truth and there's no need to fall under that godly authority, right? It's, it, there are people that prioritize the Bible for us. These are our quippers. These are our trainers. And so, I don't know, some of you in here, you're like, okay, Courtney, that's great. I can uh, honor my leaders and my pastors and my trainers, but I'm here. So what does that mean? Am I, like, maybe I'm not. Some of you in here may be called to be this type of person in the church. Maybe God is putting a burden on your heart to become a proclaimer, teacher, uh, an equipper. Um, But most of us in here are like, so do I have a part in the body? Like, am I like the thumbnail? Because that doesn't always seem super important. (laughs) Right, like, what is my role in the body? Where do I land? And so we can't miss this word here. Verse 12, he says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. If you're a person in here and you have proclaimed that you are a Christian, right, that you're following Jesus, that God's word and who Jesus is informs everything that you do and you say and your decisions you make. Do you know that means that you're a saint? You're like, I am now gonna be called Saint Joshua, right? Like, you are a saint, right? The because of what Jesus has done for us, right? He's made us holy. Like he's, he's uh, taken away our sin. Like we talked about earlier, he's made us righteous and we are saints in him. So he says this, he says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So in this body, we have equippers and we have workers. And our equippers are working. They're working to equip us. But you and I, we're saints who are being equipped for The work of ministry, we have work to do. All of us have some kind of unique uh, alignment of our personalities and our passions and our interests and our position and our life status and our experiences that have come together that the Lord has given us, each other, as a gift in this church 
to serve one another. And we all do the work of ministry. There's this like myth that um, only those that get paid to work at a church are like doing ministry. Like I'm doing ministry and you sit and receive my ministry. No, it says equip the saints for the work of ministry. Like you and I are, are doing something with what we've been given. Like if you imagine like, I don't know if this is like conceivable, but if you can imagine all the things that make up your life, like I said, all of your passions, all of your personalities, um, all of your interests and your, uh, where you live and where you go to school, if you could think of that as like currency, like maybe that's not a good, like my personality is worth $100. (laughs) But like imagine that as like currency, like how are you spending that? How are you spending your life? How are you spending who you are? What do you have to give? What is your work of ministry? We all have one, so what is it? And just like I said with with the band, like when one person plays off like a wrong tune and you're just like, oh, you are there, I can hear you. Like each person in the band matters. There's no part in this room and there's no part in the Christian community that's useless. Like there is something about you that has been divinely put together for you to declare something about God and to declare it together. So what do you have to give? What do you have to give? And on a little side note, if we are to give to the church, right, if God has given us as a gift to us, this community, to us together, um, that means that you and I are a gift to one another, And I've said this before, but what would happen if we treated one another like we were a gift to one another? Like instead of getting jealous of your skills and your talents and what you're good at, and instead I was like, man, I'm so glad that's in my life. Like I'm so glad I get to see that gift. I want that to be strength. Like instead of jealousy and division and strife, like what if we realize that God has given us one another to declare who he is? So do you view others as a gift in your life? So we have all these parts, right? They're moving and we are each, you know, using our individual like skills and talents and abilities to, to pour in, to, to open-handedly like give our life, to spend our life to one another, to serve one another. And, and we see that in this community, right, we're Christ-focused, like so in Christ we're giving, we're giving to one another. But what does it look like, again, what does it look like when each part is working right? What does it look like when we are moving and we're humbly serving one another and we're giving and we're involved? Like what does it look like when each part is working? And so we give, and we grow together. Again, in Christ, we give and we grow. So let's continue here in Ephesians 4. He says, verse 13, he says, until we attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So there's this picture of this like mature body and it's growing. So I have, I think I have a picture in here actually. Look at these little faces. Okay, so I have six actually nieces and nephews. 
Um, uh, five of them are boys, so I have one niece and five nephews. Um, this is four of them all together. They're brothers. I call them copy and paste because they kind of all look the same. Uh, <laughs> but they're all adorable. Um, and I love, there's just something about watching a kid grow up, you know, watching a kid grow and learn. And you, like, get them in the hospital, and they're so tiny, and they're like, oh, my God. And then, like, they become humans, like, real people that, like, do things and have opinions and, like, walk, and it's amazing, right? And so my littlest nephew, uh, he's right there. His name is Sutton. So it's Jane's the oldest. Uh, Owen is the tank. He can run through walls. Um, Benny, uh, (laughs) I call him Lord Bennett. Um, And then baby Sutton. Um, We call him Sutman because they love Batman, so he's Sutman. Um, Anyway. So Sutton is learning how to walk. And so my brother has, he can walk now, but when he was learning how to walk, uh, my brother has a Border Collie Aussie Shepherd mix dog. Um, Love puppies. And uh, she's super smart, like really, really clever, really. um, Like you can just see it in her eyes, like she's plotting some kind of doom at all times. Um, And so she's really smart. And so when the baby was learning how to walk, he really just, he really just wanted to pet the puppy. Like she's so fluffy and he just wanted to pet her. And so she would be like laying there and he would like, crawl, like half walk, and he'd get so close to her, and he'd about to reach out and touch her, and she'd like move. He'd be like, Mwah! and she would crawl, and he'd start to walk, and he'd get close to her, and then she'd move, like right before he's about to touch her. And so it like started with the crawling, and then it was like the walking, and it was just his mission to get the dog, right? And she'd always move like the last second, right before he touched her, right? And so he's learning how to walk, and she, the dog is teaching him how to walk. It's awesome. Um, but when you're watching a kid to walk, it's just really interesting. It's like there's three things that they're trying to figure out, right? There's one, like the unity of all the parts working, right? Like my foot and my knee move together. But then I can't stop there because I have this other leg that needs to move forward and I have to move this other leg like forward. Like there's this like unity of like body motion. You don't think about your walking. You guys are so mature. It's awesome, right? You don't think about how you walk. You're just like, I'm strutting along, right? But like the baby's like trying to figure out like how do all these parts work together? Like how do I move my body, right? So there's this unity of parts coming together. But then there's a sense of like, there is a sense of growth and maturity that has to happen. Um, my last name is Huskisson, and us Huskissons have this problem. We have very large heads, both in personality and physically, okay? We have really big heads, and so we're like bobblehead babies, and like the babies like try to sit up, and they like topple over because their heads are too big. It's a big problem, and so learning how to walk is a big struggle because they can't lift their big old heads. Um, Sutton's doing better because he actually is the smallest out of all of us, so congratulations, but um, so like there's a sense like in his body that he literally like he has to counterbalance, like his legs have to grow long enough to be able to support his giant head, okay? So there's a sense of like growth and maturity that has to happen there. And when those things come together, right, when you've unified all of your body parts to like move and you've grown enough to where you can handle it, like there's a stability. And there's this amazing thing. There's like night and day. I don't know if any of you have little kids in your life, but there's like a night and day from when they like stop being a baby. I don't know if you've seen that. They're like, one day they're just like waddling and you feel like they're gonna fall at any second, right? And they're waddling and the next minute they're just like strutting in. They're just like walking and you're like, you're a person. Like you can walk and you can talk. Like you're a person, you know? And it's like there's this growth and maturity and they get the stability finally when they start walking. And whoa, like the body of Christ is really similar to that, right? We start out kind of young, kind of immature, and we have to figure out all these things too. He says, 
there are these three things that we're, gonna, that we're growing in. And so what are these things that we're growing in? And the first thing we see is we're growing in unity. Let's take a look at the passage. Verse 13, he says, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So there's this unity that comes with knowing God more. And it's not just knowing more about Jesus or getting better theology or figuring it all out, but there's this knowing of Jesus that's like, I know who he is. I know what he thinks about me. I know like how he interacts with me. I know how he loves me. So this unity comes uh, as we know about Jesus more. It's this unity in the knowledge of the son of God. And again, as all of our parts unify, right, there's a maturity that happens in each of us. And this maturity, he says, uh, that we grow to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There's this literal, like, dimensional language here, right? The measure, the stature, right? The height, the fullness of Christ. It's like we're literally growing to look like Christ. It's, like, bizarre to me to think that Christ's body is still on earth, right? Like Jesus died, he was resurrected, he ascended into heaven, but his body is here and it looks like you and I. What? Like we are the body of Christ and as we unify by knowing more about Jesus, we become mature and that we're becoming more like Jesus. We're filling out, we're looking like Jesus and in these things, this stability comes as we know more about Jesus, as we know who he is, as we become more like him. It says, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, by deceitful schemes. He says, as we know who Jesus is and as we become more like him, we're not like getting off kilter. We're not getting distracted. We're not getting stressed out by these things of the world, by uh, the things that our, our culture claims as truth. Like we know the truth, right? Remember we have those equippers in our life that are holding us to the truth, that are teaching us the word. And so we grow in unity together as we know more about Jesus. We grow in maturity as we individually look more like Jesus, but as we look more like Jesus. And that gives us stability in who he is. And so again, we ask, what's the final product? We're growing in these things, we're maturing in these things, but what does a healthy body of Christ look like? This is the question we asked at the beginning. What does a healthy body of Christ look like? So let's finish out our passage here. He says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And these things, again, we see it again. We're joined together, right? There's that unity. It says joined and held together. We're equipped, right? Each part is working. We're all serving. We're all giving our portion. And when it's working properly, the body is growing up, right? He said in that last verse, into Christ, in the head, right? Jesus is our head. He's our leader of us. And it's building, we're building up in love. So a healthy body of Christ looks like people who are focused on Christ, Right, it says we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So our eyes are on Jesus. Right? We speak the truth to one another. 
right? It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into, in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Part of our gift, part of our job to one another is to speak the truth. So when circumstances come, right, when life hits, when you have those moments of like, what is wrong with me? Like, why can I get this right? Like, we speak the gospel to one another. Like, God loves you, right? That he's forgiven you. And then that last verse there, he says that we are, as the body grows, it's built itself up in love. And so as we come together, right, as our different parts, right, we have our quippers and trainers, right, that teach us the word, and then we learn it and we apply it, right, and we grow and we uh, do the work of ministry and whatever God has called us to do. And as we do that together, we grow in unity and knowledge of God, right? We grow in maturity as we begin to look more like him. We become a stable people surrounded by this as we focus on Christ, right? As we speak the truth and as we love one another. So in Christ, as our focus, as our goal, as our unifying reason to exist, we are giving of ourselves and we're growing together. This is the big question that struck me this week. And this is the question that I, I wanna really prompt our thinking tonight. Is do we, do we, do you and I, this room, do we look like Jesus? Do we look like Jesus? You know, at the opening we talked about like what happens when you walk into a room and you can just smell the scent of people, right? We wanna be a community that like, there's these things that we want to just, smell like, right? That we're prioritizing biblical truth, that we're embracing godly authority, that we're uh, giving, we're contributing our God-given gifts. And in these things, like, are we looking more like Jesus? As we strive to look more like Jesus, as we contribute God-given gifts, there's this cycle that happens in our lives that we've been given everything that we are, right, by God, all of our skills and talents and personalities, and we're here to give, and we're here to serve. And as we each humbly and sacrificially serve one another, we're gonna grow together. And then as we grow, we have a bigger capacity to serve and give, and then we're gonna grow together, right? And then we're gonna continue to give of our lives, and we're gonna grow together. And I can't wait to see us. Just like, you know, when like you have a little baby. There's so many times when, well, I have six, like I said, nieces and nephews. And when they're like born and they're small and they're like a few hours fresh. And you're like, who are you going to be? That's a lot of pressure for a baby, you know? You're like, who are you going to be? What are you going to do, right? I feel like in some ways, like that's kind of us. Like we're, we're going to grow, you know? And just as that little baby, I'm like, I can't